Hello and welcome to episode 5 of season 5. I'm your host Mars and I'm joined by, as always by my Amiga Kali and my Amiga PJ. We are recording through the Everton-Burnley game, so if you hear some shouting and live, it's because uh, DC... Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. He's not playing. Anyway, guys, how are we doing? Brilliant. I love that injection of salt into a certain someone's wounds there. <laughs> Just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be done, didn't it? <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, that certain someone is top of the Amigos this week. We had to get in some, you know, unless I like to get sent off with right, that one in 90 minutes. We so, want you to join us, PJ. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, part of me, part of me is, is quite grateful that, um, you know, I can, I can replenish my hatred for Dominic Calvert-Lewin in this manner because I had gone a little bit soft on him and I had, you know, kind of thought, you know, well, maybe it was time, you know, to give him a second chance. But now, no, fuck him and his dog, dead to me. That's it. <laughs> so tell us, Peter, you, you're top of the Amigos. Tell us about your week. I, I am top after my um, uh, my comedically accidental wild card. And, um, you know, obviously a, a bit of a blessing in disguise, despite the horror show up front of Calvert-Lewin and um, Antonio recording minus one between them. Everybody else got at least a kind of clean sheet or a goal, so was was really happy. Obviously, Ronaldo captain, um, and just want to single out kind of Marcel at the back, um, uh, who was only there because I couldn't afford Semedo. But there you go. Sometimes these things um, go for you. So yeah, very happy with what is looking like eighty points all out. Good, good. Uh, well, I mean, you know, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is not playing, but Everton are on fire. Three-one up. Decoro to assist. Gray with a goal. Everybody's chipping in apart from Alan at the moment. You never know. He might chip in later. Uh, Decore even just had a goal ruled out. So, you know, those people who decided to go with uh, a Gray or a Decore to, to prop up those double premiums are celebrating tonight. Um, well, we have joined second place because Carly and myself finished on 76 points, despite having different teams. Um, so, yeah, Carly, tell us about your team. I barely even know what happened in my team. What I do know is that I decided to sell Bruno and um, Ings, and I brought in Mount and Ronaldo. So Ronaldo obviously did really well, and I'm delighted with that. I captained him. But my favourite thing about this week was that although Mount didn't play, he didn't come on, and Veltman, who wasn't even alive on my bench for the first few games and is, in fact, like the only person on my bench – is coming in with six points. So long-time listeners will know that this is a sight to behold. I am not known for getting points on my bench actually coming in. So everything else is a blur, but that's pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah, I brought Ronaldo in captain as well. Um, I'm looking at the rest of my team, obviously, Mo, uh, TAA, and uh, Livermento coming in with a with a six-pointer. So uh, can't complain. Uh, but enough about us. We're just mere casuals compared to the guys at the top of the league. I looked at the top five and I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, thanks Mars. Um, uh, straight in at number uh, number five, joint fifth actually, with um, uh, Sam Martin with the Banana Players of, uh, of, of Leicester early team news fame. Uh, and then Manoa S with a team name TBC. I really hope that's not just a dead team that's just being left there and is beating everybody. But anyway, above him, number four, Ger Newman of an early man. Number three, Richard Everson with FPL Dad. In number two, the problematically named Kariel Azarari. As, as, Asari. Khairallah Al-Hazari. Thank you. Vibes FC. (laughs) And number one at Big Sam FBL is Green Eggs and Sam with a whopping 355 points. Well done, Big Sam, so far. Uh, Yeah, just two things. I'm sad that Desmond is not there. And the Sam Martin is not the Sam Martin that you know. That's SMFC. I'm in a different league with him. I always think it's the same, but it's not. This is a much better Sam than the Sam that you know. Or you think you know. <laughs> I'd also like to just point out that perhaps the, the TVC individual has just not changed it because don't forget that our friend Elf still has his team name as Kylie. 
for reasons that are unknown to anyone. It's particularly disappointing given that every time I look in our head-to-head and see his team, I think that I'm winning the head-to-head round because he's doing well this season. And then I realise that actually, no, it's not me. I'm doing worse. (laughs) So he could still be there, just lazy. Uh, Right. Time for the round. But I am laughing because it is quite funny. The name is Muhammad Salah. Egyptian, Arab, Muslim, African, but above all, a footballer, a footballer that is the fourth to get fastest to get a hundred league goals. Have some respect on the name. Now, I've heard a lot that if he was Brazilian or not named Muhammad Salah, he might get more credit. But I, I'm going to be naive and say I refuse to believe that because that's definitely not from 99% of the Liverpool fans, definitely not from 90% of the FPL Twitter that I know because we're not like that. However, I've heard sometimes I get fed up of the lack of respect he gets from the media or the tweets that I keep saying, I keep seeing only Muhammad Salah had done more than Cristiano Ronaldo. Only Muhammad Salah has scored more than this. Only Muhammad Salah, well, well, maybe it's about time to respect the guy like others are respected, whether they're in the top 100 or top world footballers. You can hate a guy if you don't like him because you might think he dives or you don't like his style of football, but just respect the level that he's at and what he's got. He's not a one-season wonder. Haters going to hate. Appreciators will appreciate. Marzat. I think it's fifth, isn't it? Fourth. As far as that. <laughs> Just pour, pour water on it straight away, Kylie, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was probably ill-timed. But I, I no thought I had read fifth, but I, I would assume you would know more on this subject, to be was, fair, Was that entire rant just for Josh's benefit at FPL surgery? or? <laughs> no, just uh, just just feel that he, the guy does not get enough respect for what he does, considering he's a winger, not even a striker. There we go. Right. So enough about that. Let's dive in. Uh, we have we are going to discuss a few topics today, and the first one is a certain uh, fan's favorite that uh, suddenly decided to maybe he needed a break himself and just decided, oh, you know what, I'm just going to take two yellows and have a week off. So. AB at AB343, Antonio to Jimenez, for those who have zero in the bank, would love to do Antonio to Bamford, but this requires a point too. We have FBL Ron manager at the Ron manager. The big question will probably be whether to keep Antonio or sell him. I think there are a few factors involved in decision making, not least whether you are on a wild card or not, and whether you have the money in the bank. Uh, Paula asks uh, to keep Antonio, Ben Rahma, or not. And then Schoolsville at ABG Coolsville, keep or sell Antonio? Then Benny Blanco, the, the guy's in the top 10K, I believe. A genuine FBL question. Antonio only misses one game, and it's against Liverpool. These, uh, actually, he means United. Uh, decent fixtures on the other side. Is he a hold or move to Bamford or Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Obviously, you don't want to go to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, as he has good fixtures on the other side. So as you can see, there's a lot of questions from the community, and they cover a lot of different things. Antonio's form, Antonio's games afterwards and really depends on whether you have a wild card free transfers or not if you have dcl or other fires so kylie i'll come to you first what would you do with antonio because you have him so what are you going to do yeah so i think this has become an even more interesting question now with the news about um calvert lewin as you said because it's complicated things a bit for those who might have both and perhaps have considered selling Antonio, you've now got a bigger problem in the fact that Calvert-Lewin seems to be out for a few weeks. I think it was two or three weeks was sort of implied. Look, for me, I think if you can get away, and particularly if you're not on a wild card, I think if you can get away with holding Antonio and just playing someone from the bench, then I would. We had what looked like a plethora of amazing mid-price options up front only a week ago. You know, Antonio is out for one game. It is only one game. It's not three. My opinion would be quite different if we were talking about a three-game ban. You've Wilson who's injured. You've got Calvert-Lewin who's injured. There are two obvious alternatives in the form of Bamford and Jimenez. They're the two that everyone's looking at, particularly with their upcoming fixtures. But I'm just for, – for me personally, I have Rafina, right? So that makes me not consider Bamford because based on Leeds' current form – I know they've played difficult matches, but I don't want to over-invest there. So that would leave Jimenez. And he's had 13 attempts and like one of them has been on target. 
you know, he's creating lots of chances, but there's no assists. I know that they've only just started scoring, but 7.7% shot accuracy for a striker is a little bit alarming. You'd expect this to improve, but I'm just, given how Antonio has been and how strong his stats have been, how attacking West Ham have been, the fact that they do have good fixtures after this, it makes it a hard case for me to look beyond him. I think the only one I might have been tempted by, shockingly, is Calvert-Lewin. If he'd played today and got two goals, then I might have weighed it up. But I think it's just creating complexity where it doesn't need to be from my perspective. So if you've got it's in depth, I think you can hold. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that because um, have uh, about Bamford and uh, as one of the options because I'll come in w- with my thinking. So before I've activated the wild card, but before that I had uh, uh, Ronaldo and Antonio. I can't even remember who my third uh, forward is. I think I was yeah I'm, no I was four four two. So Bamford actually is the one that I'm going for. Wh- whether I sell Antonio or now I'm on wild card, he's there because actually I like. Uh, Leeds fixtures I think Leeds will get better and Bamford was probably one of the most active players in the games that I've seen even against Liverpool he was the one trying in the games before he was the one trying and obviously the whole, look there's two things I think the options are if you want to go with three forwards now especially with so the red card DCL injury um, Jimenez is still still not there for me there, there's not many uh, as many options in, in, in that bracket and also targeting, obviously, the weaker defence. So they've got Newcastle. Now they've got Nasser and fixtures. They've got Norwich in there as well, etc. Uh, West Ham, uh, again, for me, their defence is not the best. Their attack is good. So I'm just thinking about it that way. So it's interesting that you, you would say you don't want to double up. I understand why, but I'm moving for from... For context, a... so yeah. do, on your wildcard, because the fact that you're talking about wildcard makes a huge difference because you can readjust. So I, I have, I'm 3-5-2 myself, and... I, I have it like I have Scarlet, okay. So he, there's no reviving him from the dead, right? And that would just be like sinking money into a black hole to try and get that person active outside of a wild card. I know I'm going to want Antonio back, so that's the deciding factor for me. And then I've got my premium position. I think if you're in a wild card it, situation, it is kind of different because you might be readjusting. You might be going three strikers up front. You're completely moving things around. You may decide to go without Rafinha and go for another mid-price if you don't want to double up. That would then open up Bamford. So I think it is really dependent on your team. But I do think if yeah. you're wildcarding, it kind of opens up doors a bit more Agreed. than if you're not not doing that. Absolutely. Agree, agree. When I wasn't going to wildcard, my thought was going to be to shift uh, to one and, and back, so a hokey-cokey, or potentially play... The thing is, I don't know if I wanted to play 4-5-1 with Ronaldo because it means Brownhill. It means Livermento against Manchester City. It means uh, ailing for another game. Now, of course, he's playing Newcastle, but I do think Newcastle, as they showed against United, will score. Newcastle will score goals because they've got Sam Maximilian who will run at people and create chances, but they will concede loads more. Um, I am, Like I said, I'm moving potentially from a the West Ham double to the Leeds double. It's a point that we talked about last week that PJ really hit the nail on the head. It's the fixtures versus the form or more, uh, and, and what's happened so far. The players that have had the good fixtures have delivered. The ones that have had the tougher ones have not. So I'm hoping that that trend continues. So PJ, I'll come to you. You've obviously just played your wildcard. You have Antonio and you have DCL. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I had planned um, kind of all along with my wildcard, keeping an eye on the future to uh, to do Antonio to Bamford or Benarama to Rafinha. I don't know what that noise was, but um, uh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> um, so I planned to do yeah, one of those two moves anyway. Uh, and obviously, when the Antonio sending off came, I was like, well, that's my that's my decision made. But then obviously, um, DCL um, has got injured as well. So now I'm stuck with playing Benarama benching Antonio and taking out DCL for Bamford. In fact, I've already made that transfer in in furious anger. Um, And I'm also faced with a Hobson's choice of playing Alan or Brandon Williams at Norwich next week, which feels like the equivalent of being punched in either the left testicle or the right testicle. So, you know, can't wait. So I think between the the three of us, so obviously you guys have got the the transfers. So Kylie, you've said you would hold and and I completely understand why. It's important to explain to people that if you bought Antonio right from the beginning, the price drop doesn't affect you. Not the first one anyway. It's only if he drops it again. 
So I understand what, why you're doing it and you want to hold because he does, he does have good fixtures after, right? So after United, they are playing Leeds. We saw how Leeds defend. Leeds will attack, but they will also do not, not, not the best, uh, defensive uh, display at the moment. Uh, and they also have good fixtures. And it's Antonio. Look, the guy was on fire. Let's not forget that. Now, obviously, there's a concern about his uh, minutes in Europe, etc. But now he, he'll probably play the first game, potentially, and then rest for, for a while until the next the next league game. Um, I'm pretty sure they will, he will be the man that they play in the, in the league. But let's see what happens. Obviously, we've got U- European football. In, in my case, for example, so just to be clear on wildcard, uh, I'm going for uh, potentially a one-week punt. Um, I, I really fancy the City Southampton fixture, and I'm looking at Jesus for. But I want to see what happens in Europe, just because I think City will again score four or five at home. They just love scoring goals, and it gives, and then I will see what I'll do if I want to go back to Antonio, see what happens. I've got I've got that transfer to play after the wild card, so I'm not, I'm not really fussed. That's my plan for now. PJ, you said you're selling, and I don't blame you. Obviously, uh, no, you said you're selling DCL and keeping Antonio. Did you say? That's correct, yeah, just because I've, yeah. I'm forced into Because that. you have this. But, but many people will be in, in very similar. There's loads of people who are on wild card, have one free transfer, or have both DCL and Antonio. I mean, there's, there's teams with DCL, Antonio, and Jimenez, and you just have to kind of like think, just push that week away. Don't worry too much about it. It happens. It's, it's unlucky. But it brings us to the next point. Every, everyone's in me, just, just, just finally, everyone's in the same boat with Antonio. Almost every active manager owns yeah. Antonio. The is DCL this the second one, or first highest owned? You know, yeah. He's the, over the, 50%. The, the, the DCL injury is far more annoying because he's much more of a differential up there. But, but, um, you'd be hard pushed to find somebody, you know, probably, you know, in the top kind of few hundred thousand places who doesn't own Antonio. Agreed. So we all I have think, the same situation to handle. Yeah, but but with dif- but with different scenarios, yeah, right? Yeah, different so scenarios. You, yeah. you, you come in off a wild card, I'm going onto a wild card, and Kylie was just w- with the free transfer, uh, no DCL. You have So there, it's that combination. And I think, think you have to look at your team and make the best decision. Just remember, it's one game week. And that's why sometimes we have the 4.5s in there to step in and hope that they can deliver in a game or just get you the two-pointer, suck it up and move forward. Because if you want him back, burning a transfer might not be the... Depend, it depends on how, how, what plans you have for the future. But anyway, now looking at beyond those guys, the, the new uh, double act in town, Ronaldo and Lukaku. Paolo asks again, to wildcard uh, or not, to get Lukaku on Ronaldo or not. So there's a lot of talk now because this game week, obviously, the, the winners are the guys that had Lukaku and Ronaldo and captained one of them, plus Salah. Fantastic! They've delivered a lot of, but there's there's a lot of discussion. We had some some of this discussion last week about to have Ronaldo to bring him in. Now we want to focus on do we double up on those two and what does it mean for your team? So, PJ, I'll come back to you. You've just come on to just just come off on a, off a wild card. Do you regret not going with both? Will you plan to bring them both in, or are you going to continue with the one? I don't. I don't regret it because you can't you can't make judgments based on one week and obviously I've had an eighty point wild card so I don't really kind of regret anything I think could have been ninety six you know yeah. <laughs> I think Lukaku has two tough fixtures left yes Spurs did look very bad I Spurs are also a different proposition at home and they are away I um I you know I, I can't quite believe they'll uh, they'll play that badly again I mean their performance was almost astonishing in its ineptitude um plus the two Argentinians will be back right yeah so exactly exactly their players. defense will be will be will be bolstered um Son's injury didn't sound long term so he might be back as well um uh, same with Berkwin so you know they had like five of their first 11 out it shouldn't be remembered so um I don't regret it because ultimately I want I want some balance in my squad and Whilst it's frustrating this week that those kind of seven to eight million midfielders and forwards have almost all failed and the kind of five to six million bracket ones, you know, kind of haven't. And obviously the defenders have performed really well. So I think this is a week where, yes, you could have got away with the four premium route if you kind of assume a kind of Trent, Salah, Lukaku, Ronaldo kind of template if you want to go down that route. Yeah, you could have got away with it this week and probably got a kind of 90-point week out of it. But the point still stands. You can only captain one of those premiums. I, I'd still want to spread that cash and give myself a little bit of flexibility. So, so no, I don't regret it. And ultimately, yeah, you know, Marcel covered Lukaku anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kylie, I'll come to you. So you're not on a wild card. You've got one of the double acts. 
are you contemplating bringing in Lukaku to to uh, go with Ronaldo now or in the near future, or are you just going to focus on one of the premium attackers plus uh, Salah, etc.? What's what's your plan? My opinion hasn't changed in that it's been just one. Uh, Before, so during the international break, I was actually leaning towards getting Lukaku in because I really fancied him in that Villa match. Um, So I was tempted to, to swerve Ronaldo. Obviously, there was a bit of question around whether either of them would play. And in the end, I I went with Ronaldo, um, just given the fact that that fixture run is nice. But it's always been my intention to go for Lukaku for game week seven. I'm currently still planning on doing that. Obviously, we have a couple more weeks of information to get to see the lay of the land. And I do have my wild card in my back pocket, should I need it. But I absolutely think that balance is important and I just I find it really hard to, to see how like what's going to happen in a game week. And it absolutely will happen where the premiums are quiet, that they, they happen every season. So what happens in that game week? You're really reliant on these lower cost players. And I just think that there's usually quite a marked difference between them and your sort of mid-price ones. Those mid-price ones have performed, by and large, really well for the opening game weeks, you know, if you've picked the right ones. And I, I think over the course of, you know, your wild card from, from when you do it, you, you're going to see the gains on those as well. So I just think that when you have a balanced team, you have many more avenues to points that could be pretty consistent. Whereas when you're so reliant on these few premiums, when they have a bad week, particularly if more than one of them have a bad week, you can really suffer from that. And and as we said, you can only captain one of them. So I think yeah. I'm just happy to play the fixtures. As far, I, I don't want to remove Salah. I don't want to remove Trent. I don't feel comfortable not having them in my team. I like owning them. Sal, uh, sorry, Lukaku and Ronaldo are the two that I would look at, at rotating. And you can absolutely get that wrong. There's no question that by moving yeah. Ronaldo out, to Lukaku, that switcheroo situation can bomb. We've all experienced it. But I, I think you just have to trust your judgment on that and also trust that they're two top quality strikers and they're pr- both probably going to perform really well, but you can't have them and all the others. So what's your priority? Yeah, the combination becomes important. Look, like I said, I'm on wild card. At the moment, I'm not planning on having both because I think uh, Jesus and Greenwood combination should on paper, give me more than a Lukaku plus a 4.5 that I will probably bench. So, and as we, so that, that's one thing. Or let's say Bamford and uh, whoever, Greenwood or, or Jota or, or Torres. I haven't decided on one, right? Yeah, but it would be one of those three because these are the three uh, basically attackers as, uh, on an opposition. But of course, I looked at it like everybody because it would be nice to have them. But I completely agree with everything that you said and, and also what, what PJ said. And my initial plan, and I mentioned, touched on it last last week, was to do the rotation that you're talking about. Now, if things, uh, mainly because I think Bamford has a good run of fixtures, uh, Antonio, when he's back, has a good run of fixtures, and I think that that too with Ronaldo should be more than sufficient. And then, you know, we know that these guys are flat track bullies, so uh, the the fixtures come much easier. Uh, for um, uh, for Lukaku, so I definitely want Chelsea cover, and he's the only one I'm interested in from the forwards. Defense is a different story. And then looking at uh, Ronaldo, the, the thing is, I guess between seven and ten until until Ronaldo plays Liverpool and City, the, the fixtures are not that difficult. So I'm going to leave myself. At the moment, I'm thinking of only one, but I have a rule if I want to 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 get to go f- for both. And instead of selling Ronaldo, I keep I keep him sell uh, those two midfielders that I mentioned, and I can get Lukaku and a four point five or a five up to a five or something like that. So I'm keeping my options open, but ideally, I want well, not ideally. I think the the combination and the balance will will yield better, which which surprises me because you, you you guys know me. I love I love big forwards, but when I looked at it, hmm, and uh, like I I don't want to sound like a, a bit Sanan Lukaku owner, but I mean this. It could have easily been a six-pointer. The second goal was in the last minute, and we've got to remember that they were playing a team with that. Uh, two of their players as well, their main keeper, right? I was watching the game and I was I was thinking the Chelsea team are either not passing to, well, not deliberately not passing to Lukaku, but I wouldn't say he was on 
on top of that game. But people who don't own Ronaldo will say Ronaldo was lucky because the first goal was a gift and, and the, the second went through the keeper. But that's what makes those strikers because they were always short on goal. Now, I think Lukaku's a great clinical striker, but he didn't have that many chances in that game. And we saw against Rafa defence, he might struggle. And actually, Mars, just just to that point, yeah. um, I believe he had 100% strike rate in that match. Um, mm-hmm. People who love, yeah, or two on target. Um, yeah. I, I think it was only two attempts, unless I've misread it, but it was certainly only two shots on target. And I mean, there's lots of people out there who talk about how unsustainable certain yeah. strike rates may be. I think we can confidently say that that is not sustainable. Now, that's just one match. I mean, he. He's had plenty of attempts over the previous um, previous two, so you know take the scary that one, into account. The scary ones is if he does a man and he gets ten chances in a game, is he going to score <laughs> yes, ten? That was that's what I want him. But, that, but that's, yeah. that's a good that's a good example that just brings on to a kind of uh, segue in terms of what I wanted to make. I think one of the reasons why I ultimately chose Ronaldo over Lukaku in the end on my wild card was because I still see uh, and the stats will bear this out. Man United and Liverpool have more shots and more chances than Chelsea. They, and they, both Ronaldo and Salah and, and several of those teams, Bruno and Mane, would definitely fit into that category as well. These are players who, even if they're 3 or 4-0 up, still want to score, still want to, to create goals. This is why we love them as FBL assets. And this is no slur on Lukaku, who looks an elite tier forward now, far better than when he first played in the Premier League. But Chelsea, to me, still smack of an incredibly professional team who are quite happy to take a 2-0 and play the game out. And whilst that's great at winning titles, I still don't see them, from an attacking standpoint as being as potentially potent as, as Man United, Liverpool, and, of course, Manchester Agreed. City as well. So that's the reason why I eventually went it. Went and I probably will do what Kylie suggests, which is kind of switch Ronaldo over to Lukaku during those kind of easier fixtures. But there's definitely an option to maybe kind of maybe look into the likes of the kind of Mount or indeed the Chelsea wingbacks, who are real points magnets in that system, to kind of maybe cover that and, and kind of sticking with Ronaldo. So, you know, I, I, think, oh, I think there's okay. still a bit of wait and see. Can I actually sure, just jump back to yeah. one point that you made uh, there regarding attempts? So Liverpool are top for attempts. Now, as we know, this would be a little bit padded based on the, the last couple of matches and by Mane. But um, they're top for attempts with 100. Uh, Chelsea, 53. They're in seventh. So there you go. Uh, yeah, basically double the know, attempts. And where now, I, different I quality have... of opposition to Where are Man United in Man City in that list? Closer to Chelsea, 62. I mean, 100 is ridiculous. <laughs> 100 is ridiculous. <laughs> and I mean, if you look at, bear in mind, you know, in the Chelsea match, they were relentless. I mean, they, they couldn't get in the box, okay, so all of them were outside the box, but they had a gazillion attempts in that one. They had loads yeah. against, uh, I think it was like 30 attempts against Leeds. So it's seriously padded from that because you've got uh, Manchester United on 62, 64 for West Ham, 53 for Chelsea, um, and then the 100 for Liverpool. So these are the like top four for, for those statistics. Liverpool are miles ahead of everyone else, but as we said, 30 attempts in the last match yeah. accounts for that. I still I still think what I thought first of all about Chelsea, they will demolish the weaker teams and they will be professional and tight against the, the bigger teams. There, I appreciate what PJ is saying, but there's absolutely no way I'm not having Lukaku in my team from seven onwards when they have the easy fixtures because he will smash it. He will demolish weak defenders or defenders that make mistakes. He will be there and he will damage them. The, the the decision for me will be is if I have, uh, let's say, Greenwood in the tougher games, will he be enough cover of United? Because United in the bigger games, they do sit back a little bit more. And if you see the bigger games between the, the, the teams so that against Liverpool, against City, it's tighter sometimes, right? So that, that would be my hope. But again, if I see Ronaldo is on, on a free scoring, then it's a decision that I have to make between the next two games. But for me, absolutely 100%. Lukaku is there when they have the weak fixture, as long as he's fit, because I think he's the one that will play all the time. And this is a nice segue. And by the way, PJ, for the first time, you did not say sick you or whatever you say. You said segue. So I'm glad that it's uh, I'm rubbing up uh, my you, English on I, you. I have trained him. I'm the one that's argued with him on that. And spelling oh, as well. Okay. No cues and no segues with the W. <laughs> 
So we, we want to talk. So we quickly want to touch about the rotation. So my question to you guys is Tuchel even more annoying than Pep. Now we've got uh, Champions League coming up. And before that, of course, we've just had the internationals. And that's why some players were arrested. Maybe that's why uh, Chelsea were professional instead of going for it, because they could have gone for it against against Villa. Our friend Dave, FPL underscore Dave, uh, at clubs underscore mug. City unchanged team for three games since Jesus was fit. Is it safe to go for City players now? Is this a trap, guys? Now, now, Pep has said that he likes to play players that are in form and in rhythm. But we now, some of the players are coming back fit. We have Champions League football. Can we trust Pep? And what do you do with Tuchel? Because I, I can't name a Chelsea eleven. I can tell you it's Mendy. I can tell you it's Lukaku. The, the other nine, no idea. Talk me through it, PJ. Yeah, and even on that, I don't think Lukaku is is going to play every game. I don't think Werner's just going to come on at 10 minutes for the entire season. Um, and also, I think uh, Kepa's probably going to be the European keeper over Mendy. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a big rotation minefield. And I think, you know, a lot of people like to um, think they've worked out Pep and have a kind of formula to his madness. And then, you know, he, he goes 100 games without... Um, you know, kind of picking the same lineup and then picks the same lineup three Premier League games in a row. So, and I think I think Thomas Tuchel is 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 similar. Uh, he said right from the off when he when he joined the club, he loved to rotate. He has players in all of those positions, and they're coming in. I mean, I mean, you know, um, Reece James obviously started the season brilliantly, got sent off. Callum Hudson-Odoi was arguably kind of Chelsea's best player. You know, Kovacic having a wonderful game in competition with four people, four two spots there. They have two players genuinely like um, uh, like Man City and, and Man United do to a lesser extent, have, have two good players to, to every position. It's going to be very, very difficult. And we're now into the stage of a season where I think it is going to be a little bit of guesswork. Watching who plays in Europe... And then, and then trying to guess. But I think we just have to be honest that that's what it is. And, it, and it's not for everyone. Obviously, um, I got a load of kind of comments, strange comments about picking, you know, kind of Torres, as if I was forcing other people to pick Torres, whereas, you know, rather than it was my own decision for my own team. I always find that very weird. But if you don't want Torres because he's a rotation risk, like all Manchester City attackers are, then, then don't pick him. Pick the, uh, you know, the, the Damari Greys, the Decores, you know, the Benaramas of this world who are playing for lesser clubs, are cheaper and are likely to kind of play 90 minutes kind of week in, week out, rather than the kind of high risk, high, high, high reward that you are going to get at the other clubs. So I think it's a really difficult one with Chelsea. I've particularly in those attacking positions, the way they're playing with 3-5-2 means you've got Mount, Havats, Pulisic, Ziyech and Werner. For just two spots, that and, and I think Mount is probably the favoured um, in all the big matches there. So that leaves four brilliant players for just one position on the pitch. I, I wouldn't be touching those players who are all kind of priced around the kind of eight to nine million mark with an absolute barge pole. I just think it's it's too big a risk. So I think I think I think we'll I think we'll know and uh, I think we'll get a little bit more clarity as 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 we go. And it might turn out that the managers have a favoured European kind of style and then a kind of favoured kind of Premier League style. My hope as a Torres owner is that he's obviously doesn't play in Europe this week. Obviously, I've got enough issues with my team as is. So if he gets 90 minutes midweek, um, then, you know, he's, he's staring down the barrel of a benching against Southampton at home, which is a plum fixture you really want those those assets for. So I think let's just accept it's educated guesswork and try not to take it too personally when our players are benched. I predict I predict that Tuchel will annoy us more. I, I genuinely do. I think they've I think a, he might. I do think he might because because he's got. got an, I think the reason he'll annoy squad. us more is because his he's got more um, appealing kind of FBL players in the positions where he's kind of he's kind of likely to rotate. The positions that he's going to keep, I think, stable are are very expensive in Lukaku or in those kind of you know kind of Aspilicueta who's Again, it's six million. The keeper, six million. It's just like, well, he might be five point five. Mendy, I don't know. Is he six? He might be six. I think. I think he's six after last season's uh, heroics. So yeah, yeah. I, I think. I think he could ruin it. it. It does seem random, but I don't pay as much attention to Chelsea as I do kind of Manchester well, City. So I, I've been. I'm watching them obviously because of the fixture change and they're, they're def- you know they they're so efficient. Their defense is ridiculous and. Uh, 
Shaw will potentially become one of those guys. Now, a lot of people had Christensen to go for a cheaper option, got stung, Christensen didn't play, or it might have worked with their bench. Uh, you know, James was, James was suspended. Now, he's, he's my favourite one. You just have to make sure that you have a, a backup on the bench. If they don't play, a lot of the time, they don't come on. And if they do, like you said, you just suck it up for one game. You know that if they rested one game, they're most likely to play again. Unless it's Chilwell. Just don't pick him because he's not playing. And Alonso was the captain last game. However, there's some comments that Alonso um, Chilwell is now ready mentally because he was really upset that he didn't get picked at all for England or something along those lines. There's a Telegraph uh, piece about it. Kylie, so... You know, we were saying that I think Tuchel will annoy us more. Uh, PJ touched on the fact that maybe Mount is a favourite. The reason he was, the reason Mount didn't play is very obvious. He played a lot for England and he wanted yeah. the rest and he could rest him. He's got, he's got uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of players in that squad. Where, if you were going to go Chelsea or City, do you, do you trust any of the managers or do you pick a player? Uh, do you just go with one and have a good backup on the bench? What, what would you say? So in, in terms of the, general question yeah I think they're both the same creature I I do love that we've all or seemingly been lulled into a false sense of security regarding Pep as though he's being tamed somehow he definitely hasn't he's like he's just going to make people cry in the next week because it's been too smooth sailing and when you have squads like they have uh, as PJ alluded to that there's so much depth that rotation is inevitable particularly with the amount of fixtures that they have to play I also think that they are two excellent teams that have extremely high points potential and a lot of the candidates for those high ceilings are going to be rotation risks so in the Chelsea context I do agree that I I think the most stable option will be Lukaku I don't necessarily think that means that he's immune to rotation. I just think that he will probably be least rotated of the attacking players. And I certainly think his point ceiling is high enough to not be overly bothered about that. And then I I really, really like the defence and and particularly the likes of of Reese James. James. Um, But he is absolutely subject to rotation, as we've said. Uh, but he's also capable of massive hauls. So I just think that if you're exactly. it's the same principle as with City, you have to be willing, if you're going to go there, which I would always advocate for, you need to A, have the stomach for it and deal with the fact that rotation exists. And I would ensure that you have some form of cover on your bench. I have Jota at the moment. I've had him since the start. He's kind of an example in the Liverpool team of of those sort of risky options, right? And I've just now I've got away with it. It's actually worked really well. But um, you know, he he was definitely prone to rotation pre Firmino's injury, and you just deal with it. Torres is the same. Any of the Chelsea guys will be the same. But these are teams that we expect to be at the top of the table throughout the season. We expect them to get lots of goals. We expect them to get lots of clean sheets. We expect some of the defenders to get both. So you just have to pick the one that you want and have a bit of cover, but don't pick Christensen. He is a troll. Right. This is what you said you can you said it's a new leaf. Let's not go down that route. No, but um, he's just recurred. It's just fresh in my mind. Right. Anyway. <laughs> I'm willing to put a bet now that Lukaku plays all the Premier League games. If Probably. He's if he's fit, he will play all the Premier League games. I just the only think ones that said, I can see him missing is after an international break yeah. if he's played loads and he picked a knock or something. But or honestly... important if they have, if they're playing Norwich, right, and they've got an important Champions League Champions League, maybe. You know, but uh, if they're going for the league and, and if they're going for the league and it's still an open race with everybody, he, he does not trust Werner. And the difference between Werner and Lukaku finishing is like me versus, uh, I don't know, uh, PJ in his prime. Well, that's a stupid comparison. People don't know how we play, but you know what I mean, right? Like it's crazy the difference. You well, see the way Lukaku finishes and the way Werner. I does. mean, it's completely, completely different. But I think the the salient point here is that in the modern game there is rotation. You know, Salah even gets rested. Not often, but it still happens. Yeah, yeah, they happens. all do. So if someone, if, if people are so averse to rotation then fill your team with 11 Connor Cody's and be done with it. 
because rotation <laughs> will happen. Can you imagine? At some point, right? Yeah. It will happen. Right. So. On that note, we move on. Um, great discussion. We've got a lot more listener questions, so let's fire through them. Quick fire answers. Have to start with our friend Randy Shafter. At uh, Randy Shafter, Mo- PJ, this is to you because you uh, this applies to you. Should backman owners consider using a precious transfer on getting rid of the useless bastard, or should we just take our hands off the wheel, sit back, cross our fingers, and continue to watch the spectacle of shit that is Watford unfold before our eyes every weekend? You're still a back- backman or, uh, owner after wildcard. Explain yourself. Well, I mean, I'm not, so so that would be the first point. I, I got rid of oh, the useless well, bastard on my wildcard for <laughs> for Sanchez, but it was it ah, was okay. a late it was a late decision. Um, Backman was my kind of keeper on wildcard right up to just before deadline, actually, and then at the last minute, I kind of I looked at Watford stats in a little bit more detail. I was like, what the actual fuck am I thinking? This team are terrible. So um, unfortunately, this does not look like the week where you can spend a transfer on a goalkeeper, Randy. So you may have to in- endure him for another week. But it does look like he's playing Norwich, who um, look um, about as toothless as a newborn baby. So that game could could, could be nil-nil, but will almost certainly end up being 3-3 now. And I think you're probably going to get shat on again. So yep. I apologise. <laughs> I agree. I think it's not the time to sell. And Watford are coming into an easier run, so let's hope uh, he can pick up some points for, for his owners. Jimmy Daclare, at Claro FBL, our friend Jimmy. What do you reckon about Jesus as a second striker? Now, that's the question, which I like. I'm not really sure if the next part of the question is a piss take. Two shots on target versus Leicester isn't too shabby. I don't know how to take that. Now, obviously, I mentioned that I'm considering Jesus. I think... I want a City player in that game at home versus Saints because I think they will go for it and they are they have been playing ridiculous football at home um, and there's and Jesus seems to have won Pep over on the wing and if he doesn't score he assists so I think he's a good option but a short term option so it's whether you're ready to to move on because I can't be dealing with the Pep roulette and obviously it depends on what happens over the the European football guys quickly Jesus yes or no. I just think he's too expensive, personally. But I can, I think, for one-week punts, you mentioned it with your wildcard this week. Uh, I think, I think that's where I would look at Jesus for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd echo that as well. I think he could be a viable option for a week, given the upheaval with um, with some of those strikers. I think if you have the money or you're on wildcard and you're sort of set up to move off him quickly, then yeah, it could work. Thanks for the reassurance. Uh, nuclear atoms at particle underscore impact is something that we've discussed a lot. So we'll quickly touch on it again. How do you deal with bad outcomes, even though your decisions were sensible? PJ, how how how, how have you dealt with the last four weeks? <laughs> yeah, well, um, what a question. <laughs> obviously, um, you know, there, there have been various items that potentially haven't survived the last few hours <laughs> in the house following... Um, following yeah Dominic Calvert-Lewin's epic performance today so yeah I think one of the things we spoke about and and just to kind of touch upon this in terms of how much easier this season is than last season is because we have the return of a 3pm game so this week it was great there was what there were six um 3pm games of which we managed to see absolutely zero goals until Ronaldo scored an injury time of the first half. But there was obviously players in there who would have blanked for some people and obviously players who would have done well. And to have all that information at once so you can then process it quickly and then that helps you kind of get over it quickly makes it so much easier. That's why the reason why Dominic Calvert-Lewin hurts tonight is because he's waited all fucking weekend and it's the Monday night kickoff, which many of us were looking forward to watch and that's a lot harder than if Dominic Calhoun had not played in the 3pm kickoffs when all of our other players were playing at the same time so I think you do need to be aware that you are going to feel more kind of annoyance during those kind of standalone kind of matches and during those isolated fixtures you've just got to just forget about it kind of get through the match get through the outcome and most people kind of once you're out of the other side um, you know it's okay and then you're into the next game week just try and find a bit of humor in the situation or yeah, yeah have lots of items that you can break that you don't really want anyway like a cafetiere <laughs> you know um, the missus keeps telling me to buy a coffee up. machine you know she wants a coffee machine coffee <laughs> machines cost a fucking fortune but i can't keep breaking cafetieres you know 
What am I going to do? <laughs> my, my, get off Twitter. If you've had a bad week, game week, just get off Twitter. Go do something else. Spend time with family, kids, whatever you have, friends, etc. Twitter is probably the worst place to be if you have had a bad game week. Because the only people pipe up, mostly 90%, will be the ones that had a good game week. So just switch off. Right, FBL Simon, at FBL uh, underscore Simon 432. He has a team of uh, differentials under 10%. So quickly, Kylie, I'll come to you. Should he hold Jimenez and Wilson? Well, Wilson is injured, so no. Uh, or consider a switch. He's looking at Jesus, Aubameyang, or Bamford. Out of those three, who would you go for? Remember, it's under 10% ownership. So these, that's why he's going for these kind of players. I would say Jesus. Do you agree? Uh, if, if it's for a one-week punt, then yeah. And, and I mean, you, you could sort of go back to Antonio after that. Uh, I would just say, like, obviously sell Wilson. I, I wouldn't be selling Jimenez, given that yeah. he's just come into his good run of fixtures. I think if you've got him, you've got him for this run. And so you, you give him a bit of time. I think probably, yeah, I wouldn't go near Aubameyang. I just don't trust Arsenal enough. I don't trust him enough. He's too expensive uh, for what he doesn't offer. Bamford is very stable, but I would personally enjoy the the one-week punt on Jesus a bit more, but with an exit strategy. Agree. Uh, Jonathan Strack at JStrack1. Is it time to bring in a Wolves defender? And if so, who? Discussion about this, guys, because obviously Wolves have good good fixtures. If we look at uh, PJ, I'm going to come to you because I saw the discussion that you were having on, on, on stats versus points. Obviously, the, 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 the standard one is the safest. It's probably Cody, right? He will play there. Carly mentioned it. He will get you the points. He probably won't, won't ever score. But you've got Marcel and Semedo, two good options, uh, two players that um, are playing pretty much as wingers sometimes. Uh, one just hold and the other one is looking like potential. So PJ, out of the two, if money was not an object, which one would you go for? I think I probably would go for Semedo. Um, I think he is he is he is the kind of standout option. How how he hasn't got returned? Yeah, I don't know. So far <laughs> is 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 mystifying, but that is kind of wolves all over. But they are different. He's he's yeah. gonna he's gonna cut in more and shoot more. Um, he gets in the box a lot. Marcel is is more kind of um kind of cross. Look, they are they are both fantastic options. Wolves are continuing to play the kind of wing back kind of role, which and we know that um. Uh, under Nuno, those those players, you know, Johnny and obviously Doherty scored fantastic points in that system. Um, Wolves have a fantastic run now. Um, if you are on a wild card, get one of those two Wolves wingbacks, definitely. It just it just comes down to budget, you know. Just see who you want in your other positions. If you've got the 0.4, it's probably going to be 0.3 because Marcel is rising tonight. Um, if you've got that spare. Pay, pay it for Semedo, but if not, Marcel's still a, a really good option. And uh, people yeah. bang on about it, like, you know, Semedo's going to, over the course of 38 games, like double Marcel's score. The difference will probably be 15, 20 points at the end of the season, and value wise, they'll probably be identical. 15, 20 points right now is the difference between 40k and 10k. Believe me, I know. Y- yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, what about 500k? <laughs> probably 20 points too. It's, it's very congested right now. Right. Whilst we're talking about teams that are in uh, coming into good fixtures, uh, Leeds. Leeds have, and we talked about them, and they, they, we have three questions on Leeds because they are baffling people. Adrian, uh, FPL, at Adrian JP15. Leeds fixtures win. Is it time to jump on the likes of Fenia, Bamford, etc., even if they have been underperforming? Uh, FPL Apina, the Findu at FPL underscore Apina. Why are Leeds attacking players so shit this year? Fair question. Uh, and then we also have a question from uh, FBL Casio Epep Hanna at FBL Hanna. She asked the same question as our friend Randy asked, but on uh, replacing Bashman with Melia and Watford with Leeds defence. So, guys, what do you think Leeds have been underperforming or they had tough fixtures, a bit of both? What, what, what do you think? Kylie, I'll come to you first. Leeds okay. defence, yes or no? Uh, no, categorically okay. not. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I, I mean, we know who the key option is there, and uh, I can't, I, no, I cannot with Ailing. Yeah, I, I, actually, I've just removed him off my wild card. So, I brought in Ailing for this, for, for, so I completely agree with you to start with. I brought in Ailing as a, as a cover uh, and to, to use him in these fixtures, but I've decided that it was a wrong, you know, on yeah. wild card, I'm going to correct that and gone for a Wolves defender but I agree with you so you you, you said you like Rafinha so what do you think yeah. of their attack do you think it's coming it's going to happen or do you think there's something fundamentally wrong is it second season syndrome 
I don't. The, the, the honest thing is that I don't think we have enough information to answer that question yet, and I think it could be all of those things. It could be second season syndrome. It could be the fact that they haven't strengthened. Teams have played them. They've played them twice, you know, so everyone's more familiar with them, their style of play. Uh, they have had more difficult fixtures. You know, I mean, look look at the United score, but then United did that to them last year as well. So it's, it's kind of hard to know. I, I think we're going to get a much better read over the next couple of matches where we, we see them in games that we would expect them to perform well in. I think that given the fixtures and given what we've seen of them before, I would still be investing in Leeds attack. As I said, I'm not convinced myself that at this point I would go the double up because I think there are lots of different options. I would probably stick with one, whichever it accommodate, whichever one accommodates your team structure better. So I, I think Bamford is just as good an option as Rafina. I just happen to have Rafina, so I'm not going to be moving him. I, I, I would stick with one, see how they go. If they get into a great rhythm, fantastic. You can bring in another one. But um, I think it's a little bit early and I'm kind of reserving judgment and watching at this point. Yeah, it's it's, it's very interesting. Just quickly on Rafina, because I, I wasn't going to start with him. I brought him in uh, for this fixture. But I, uh, to be honest, actually, for me, he's the dispensable one out of the two between him and Bamford. I just think he will, Bamford will score more. He will create. But let's see. He's got Newcastle next. Uh, some good fixtures coming. And the good thing about him is whilst Ben Rahma might, might have a tough game next week and let's see what happens in Europe, you've got a chance to watch Rafinha and see what he does or and watch if there's any other option like Torore. Does he come into form? they all around a similar price. So you can go down from Rafinha to these guys, etc. Uh, PJ, quickly on Leeds, what, what do you think? Just quickly, like 30 seconds. Yeah, I, I, it's a strange one. I was just going to say, Kylie, what are they on the shots list that you uh, handily pulled up earlier? Uh, I got vertigo scrolling. I'm not sure. <laughs> I couldn't find them. <laughs> but if you give me a minute, I will see it's if just, I can look at them. It's hard to ascertain whether they're shooting badly or whether they're not creating enough enough chances. Um, see, in the games that I watch them, they are creating. Yeah, they, they, yeah, creating yeah, they, certainly, they certainly feel like they are. My, my issue with them is that their defence looks so bad that's putting yeah. pressure on their attackers. I thought Bamford actually looked quite good against you. I thought the rest of the team he did. Pretty, but he did. pretty poor. His movement's good. I still yeah. think one of Bamford and Rafinha with those fixtures, I mean, dear God, Newcastle, you know, up next. But yeah, I would I would agree that a double up probably looks too far until we see some evidence that their form can turn. Interesting. Okay, uh, so they're not actually that far down. They're on 48 so there, there are only five less attempts than than Chelsea, but in in terms of let's say shots on target, they're quite far down. Actually, they're very distinctly at the bottom end of the table. So basically, yeah, there we go. Rubbish. Stay away from. So stay yeah. away from their defence. If you have Melier, same with Bashman. I wouldn't be wasting a transfer on a on a keeper uh, unless you're on wild card. Uh, with regards to defenders, I think Ailing is an easy move if you want to go to a Wolves defender, etc. There's, there's some good options, even if you really have to go to Arsenal. I wouldn't, but, you know. Um, and then, you know, these guys are saying one of the two, I agree. Um, they are against the double up. Um, like I did with West Ham, I'm going for it and we'll see what happens. So there we go. Good discussion on these because I think they were worth worthy of a discussion. The dude uh, Morpheus, at the dude Morpheus, um, is 5-2-3 through five two three now a viable option with so many high scoring forwards and defenders? This actually comes f- nicely with your stats of the week team, uh, PJ, because you said go 5-2-3, ignore the crap midfielders, have three premium forwards and point at defenders. Quickly, yes or no? Do we think five three is really viable? No, I think four definitely is. I think if I was on a wild card right now, I would definitely look at four with a fifth backup. I think there's, I think there's, um, you know, you can obviously plenty of options with one of the Livermento five. Four, four, four exactly. exactly. Yeah, you know. So, but yeah, four four two or four, you know, four three three definitely. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think you've plenty of flexibility with four. I think five is just no. I would never play five defenders. It's, it's, you're just relying too much on something that could go horribly, horribly wrong. Exactly. Uh, Amund uh, at Nordic Magpie. How is Steve Bruce, a Premier League manager, on a more serious note with many players wildcarding in game week seven? What is the be- best goalkeeper option? Um, PJ, what do you think is the best goalkeeper? You've just wildcarded. I'm sticking with Sanchez. 
do we see do we see any any i don't better? think there is a standout one which is i think why, no. why most people are kicking with sanchez um you know obviously loris um had started well and then was, was you know was appalling you know in a 4.5 million bracket i think sanchez is a standout and it's become quite established this season that the kind of 4.5 slash 4 million is the kind of route to go so I think of that, it's just not a position I wanted to think about, which is ultimately why I decided to go for Sanchez, because I looked at my team yeah. and I thought, this does two things. It means, A, I never have to think about my goalkeeping position because I've got him and Steele there. And B, it greatly reduces the chance of me on some wild punt getting Leonardo Trossard in my team, <laughs> which unbelievably would have actually He's been a brilliant thing this yeah. week. But never mind, you know. Yeah. Kylie, do you have any other keeper in mind apart from from Sanchez? The, I mean, the Brentford keeper's good, but it's Brentford. I mean, yeah. you know, anybody yeah. else? Yeah, he, he's done well. Um, yeah. But no, I'm I'm not tempted elsewhere. I'm I'm happy with Sanchez. He's he's been very stable for us. Uh, you know, we we know that Brighton can defend. We know that he can get clean sheets. So I, I just think it's one to not overcomplicate when there are so many different factors that we're looking at at the moment with possible transfers to make. I. I would have been astounded if if PJ had actually gone through and kept Backman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. At Pinky Green, at Pinky Green FBL, what do you think is the perfect sample size to analyse expected stats? The guy's changed. He used to be a joker camp. Now he's really into stats. Um, I'm confused by the question, so I'll let, let the guys that look at stats uh, answer it. What is the sample size, guys? Five games? Eight games? Ten games? Uh, at least four, but I mean, more data just as a reference point is always useful, right? But you would always sort of want a minimum of four games to look at, and so that you've got a bit of a pattern. I mean, we're but still just, only four games yeah. into the season, and it's really difficult because those four games aren't sort of consistent. You know, we've only had Ronaldo in for one game, we've only yep. had um, Lukaku in for three of the games, so. There's, there's still been moving parts. Um, we've just, the transfer window is barely closed. Uh, I think the next four might prove a more consistent. Uh, with, with the international, data. with the, with, the, with Europe, et cetera, as well. I think, I think we will see, yeah. Uh, PJ, four more? Well, give me a number. I, I think five. Five. Okay. Lovely. Um, one of my favorite questions of all times. FPL devotee at devotee FPL. If Boris was an FBL asset, who would he be and why? PJ, the floor is yours. Adama Traore, because he promises so much and delivers fuck all. Sweet. Mine will be Ben Thatcher, because he's a dirty bastard that should never be a footballer. <laughs> um, Kylie, do you have a... I don't have an opinion on this, no. Okay. <laughs> but I and... did particularly enjoy the Adama Traore one, and I did it's get it as soon as he said yeah. that. <laughs> you probably, ben Thatcher was probably way before your time, but he elbowed a guy that went into a uh, coma on the pitch, basically seizures onto the in in the pitch. He was one of the dirtiest players ever. It was for Man City against Portsmouth. Uh, it was horrible. Watched it live and it was absolutely horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, same for Jeremy Corbyn. Um, Corbyn. 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 Fucking hell! No wonder he didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> so who would who would uh, JC be? Well, that one's a lot harder because um, obviously uh, that's more of someone who potentially was I don't know. I've been trying to be trying to think of a player who maybe was never kind of given the opportunity. Would... So I think he'd be more one of those kind of defensive <laughs> midfielders who kind of you know just don't ever get any fucking points for you despite them being really good. So so let's say let's just say you know Kante, you know probably I'm probably shooting too high there, but. Raul Jimenez trying his best, but just not scoring at the moment. Just, just they for can't this season. both be the Wolves attackers. Well, there we go. They were. <laughs> right. My second uh, favourite question of uh, the season is uh, from our friend Adam at 3-5-Who. What is the best sandwich? Kylie, start with you. This is so difficult because, you know, a lovely sandwich. I mean... How are we defining sandwich, right? Because I bread do and love something in the middle. No, I know, but what type of bread, right? So it depends <laughs> oh, on my mood. So, so no, no, this is important, right? But I, you know, I'm, I'm a Pisces, right? We're very indecisive by nature. So really? uh, falafel, really? falafel <laughs> with some hummus, you know, in flatbread, delicious, right? And a few roasted vegetables, love it. Um, a classic 
grilled cheese toasty halloumi amazing oh, okay. i mean yeah. halloumi just for days i would just okay. live on halloumi if so i could get away with you have that. to choose kari you have to choose one you're on desert island and you can Rude. only have one sandwich I haven't even finished it because I love a bruschetta as well, and that's kind of an interesting sandwich. That's, that's um, not a sandwich, Kylie. I don't actually Kylie. eat that much bread, but I just like all the toppings. Uh, right, PJ, anything with cheese. Is okay, PJ, what about you? Definitely would go down the cheese route just to kind of echo that. I have thought about this question. Um, I think this question should actually be incorporated into the getting to know you questions of the amigos. That that's the level of respect I'm going to um, apply to it, but crucially some form of a kind of melted cheese like a kind of brie and a camembert and it's got to be mixed with um some form of of kind of sweet fruit based chutney ideally a fig or a quince and maybe a little bit of prosciutto quince you so posh well. it's got to be that that is that is the combination of a sandwich well, actually of... cranberry goes really nicely yeah cranberry it does. does go well it doesn't matter nicely. i'm not i'm not going to be particular but that's basically cheese and fruit in a kind of melted, kind of toasty, that uh-huh. is that is the dream. Caramelize nice, yeah, something yeah. Add, well. Add some, add some mushrooms and I'm, mushrooms? I'm all yours. No. Yeah, oh, I love yeah, mushrooms. Yeah. Oh, cheese and mushrooms, they go nicely together. So yeah, I'm going to go very classic. For me, steak with uh, cheese and steak or steak and onion, steak and red onion with chips, absolutely fantastic. But I like all the, all the things that you guys said um sandwiches are really underrated and, and i have that discussion all the time um fbl buffin fbl Fawson, who invented the skip i still don't understand the question do you guys know what he means does he mean like one of those things that you throw rubbish in i, I have otherwise, no idea, otherwise known as a skip yes yeah, yes. Okay. So, we, oh, oh, but right. I just don't know. I was like, yeah. that's really there's there's no context for this question. So yep, I was no like, idea. is there a football related skip that I'm unaware of? There's a skip. There's skip at Spurs. There's and skip at Spurs. I don't know who invented him. Yeah. Who invented him? Well, his mother, I would assume. <laughs> you know, he certainly. Did Dad have no on. involvement, Kylie? Unbelievable. Well, we don't yes, know. Well, she yeah. might. Have, she might have yeah. gone to a spam bank. For all we know. Maybe. maybe anyway, yes. Little Jason. This is little Jason. Spiraled. So little Jason says, you know, when people find the face of Jesus in their toast in the morning. Well, below is a heat map of Lukaku from yesterday. And the heat map, for those who can't see it, it's basically the, the, uh, <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the bird on the Spurs uh, badge? Cock- is it a cockerel? cockerel yeah. yeah. It's a, it's, it's a picture of cockerel, to be fair. And he says, he plays Spurs next week. Is this a sign? that we should triple captain Big Rom, which moves us nicely onto our next segue, guys, into our next section, captains and transfers. So, Kylie, would you triple captain Big Rom next week or what is your captain and what what are your moves? No, I would not triple captain Big Rom next week. I think that we've discussed his flat track bulliness um, and I've no doubt that he could score against Tottenham, but there are much better opportunities out there despite what the heat map gods are saying but maybe captain him if you fancy it why not uh as as for captain for me i'm currently leaning towards Salah. um but you know i have Salah and ronaldo and you know i i, I could decide but i just um i'm leaning towards Salah this week transfer wise i'm likely to be fairly boring I'm thinking about making a defensive transfer and I am looking at a, a Wolves defender, possibly Marcel, just based on price. Uh, I do agree I, I like Semedo, but, it, you know, money is is key when we're talking about the, the number of possible transfers we could be making. Um, so as it stands, if there's no surprises, then that's probably what I'll do. Um, and I will play with one striker. Um unless I decide to actually move on Antonio due to potentially other issues in, in my team. Cool. BJ, what about you? Yeah, well, I've done my one move already. As I've said, DCL out, Bamford in, Antonio benched, and currently Brandon Williams coming in to play a 4-4-2. So my captain is going to be decided after the European fixtures, currently between Ronaldo and Salah. But I may, I may fancy a bit of a cheeky punt on Jota if I'm feeling a little bit um, kind of risky. And also Torres, if he doesn't play at all midweek, 
um i do fancy kind of kind of doing that quite a good few options for for captains this week but i thought you said that you never get points from jota i noticed he did not score no he didn't, no, he didn't. i felt i feel that was more mane's fault than than, than yours well than mine yeah personally uh, <laughs> I, I think i think jota will you know i i think i think i'm gonna i'm gonna beat him this season i you know I can't have that many curses. I think, you know, the Antonio and DCL and kind of Wilson, I just, you know, uh, no, no, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Trent, I'm not Trent as well. Just, week, I think Alexander Arnold was, oh, he's just, he's people, people, you know, people removing him to kind of try and afford the big three is, is, is absolute lunacy. Long may it continue. To me, he's another premium. Casual he's, he's, Trent he's Alexander Arnold, I think is a really than, good, that's good, a value yeah. that really good captain option this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, well, I'm a, I'm on wild card. Um, to be honest, my team was done very quickly. I knew who I wanted. I knew why I wild carded. It wasn't I wasn't planning on it, but I just looked at it, saw the gaps, and I thought, okay, right, I'm gonna jump. It wasn't to do anything with price rises. And my captain is Mo Salah, uh, Mohammed Salah. Uh, but could easily be Ronaldo. Let's see what happens during the uh, the game week, and uh, also any of the the three amigos that we just mentioned, Greenwood, Jota, Torres, whichever one I bring in, um, uh, it would only be one of those three because of the structure of the thing that I have um, and the fact that I want three strong forwards. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's all our plans. Yeah, and that's all we have time for, uh, for this uh, episode. I have been Mars at Mars05. She has been Kali at Kali FBL. He's been Hindu Monkey at Hindu Monkey. Please follow our account at Three Amigos FBL. Like and subscribe and give us a five-star rating if you like what we do. It's the only thing we ask you to do. Uh, good luck with your transfers, wildcard, etc. Wait last minute because of the European football. You never know what's going to happen. There's not much price-wise or drops happening at the time. So just take it easy, relax, chill. Adios, amigos.